Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Peter Magaki. Welcome back, Peter. How are you doing? Doing very well. Very well. You're doing well, and you are looking forward, I'm guessing, to Saturday's game against Wolves, where I'm thinking we might start getting a sense of what Brendan sees as his first team. I'm hoping that anyway. Um, and you ask yourself about the new signings. We look at some of the, the players who perhaps will still join between now and the end of the transfer window and everything else in between. But I'm going to bring this up because, yeah, I think a lot of people were kind of shocked and saddened to hear of the uh, untimely passing of Sinead O'Connor yesterday. Um, an unbelievable talent and, yeah, not without her troubles. It was very unfortunate to hear that uh, she passed away yesterday. So thoughts and prayers for everybody who's involved, um, friends and family there. An incredible talent. I'll never forget the album uh, that Nothing Compares to You was on. I was listening to it on my way home last night. Unbelievable. Unbelievable talent, Peter. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, no, I was uh, flicking through Twitter and I just, I think it was Conor McGregor had put it up because she sang it um, when he was, um, introdu- uh, when it was entrances at the UFC. And, uh, it's, it's, it's weird, you always sort of find your information through Twitter just because it's so instant. And uh, mm-hmm. and it's just the days that go by and you just don't think it's happening and then you see something like that and it's just like, whoa, you, it's the age and the sort of like, it's people that you, you sort of forget about and at the back of your mind, you just don't think, you think they're just getting on with their life and uh, everything's going fine and then something like that happens. So it's, it's pretty tragic, aye? It is, it is. And uh, I th- I'm trying to think of the album name. I think it was uh, I Do Not Want What What I Haven't Got. Amazing album. Uh, she obviously uh, duetted with Shane McGowan, tremendous uh, version of Haunted, um, and also duetted with Ian Brown, Damien Dempsey, various others. And yes, she will be sorely missed. We will be talking a wee bit more about uh, Ireland because we're going there. Uh, we're all off to Ireland on Saturday. It's the Viva. Um, and, and I think even though we got a bit of a, a melting, a bit of a pasting from Yokohama F Marinos 6-4, I think this is the big, the biggest test so far in the pre-season when we face uh, Wolves on Saturday. It's in Ireland, as you know. Do you think we are going to get a sense of what Brendan is uh, thinking in terms of what his side is going to look look like? He's starting to love Peter. I think you have to... Um... It's all well and good. You can use the, the other games, you know, to expand your brand and, and really try players out and give give them a give them a few minutes in their legs, which that's what pre season's all about. I think the season's coming 
uh, upon us quite quickly. So I think you're going to have to look at uh, getting roughly maybe about eight of the players that are going to start in that in that starting game and get a level Sorry. that you're looking for. Sorry, you did disappeared for a second there, uh, Peter. And uh, it's that moment where you think, right, I can either just sit here in silence or wait and see if you come back. And as soon as I spoke, obviously you came right back there. So sorry that I interrupted you there, mate. That's um, right. Loads of talk about signings, and I completely get that. I've got a, not a theory as such, but I've got a view on the five that have come in already. We'll be talking a wee bit more about our, our new Polish centre half. But the other four players that were brought in prior to that, uh, Telio, Home, Yang, and, and Quan. I get the sense, Peter, that these were deals very much uh, already in the works. You get the um, idea that maybe the two South Korean boys would have been unveiled this week when we were in South Korea. That was the plan. Telio himself said in his uh, press conference that he had been aware of Celtic's interest for a couple of years. I get the, the sense that those four players, they were already in the works. They could be called legacy signings. Obviously, Brendan Rodgers has okayed them. He's ticked it. He's allowed it to happen. And I think as of um, Nuroski and any other players that we get from now until the end of the transfer window, I would hope and I would expect those to be far more Brendan Rodgers signings, Peter. Aye. Um, aye. It seems that that's the way forward for Celtic. They're just going to do their uh, sort of looking at the different markets and bringing certain uh, players in at a certain value. Um, but I don't really... Can I look at anybody yet? Possibly Narofsky, um, if that's the way you say it. I think it's Narofsky. Um Possibly him that would be the first signing that you would maybe mark down as Brendan Rodgers. But um, going forward, I think you would look for maybe two or three more that are going to be clearly his, his signings. Well, I mean, over the years, we have got into the habit, I guess, of talking about players who are maybe not ready for the first team as projects. And you look at the age group of the four who came in prior to yesterday, and they're all, you know, in their early 20s, Peter. So you get that that kind of idea that these guys may not have a massive contribution to, to make this season, but perhaps in, in seasons um, ahead. But I said yesterday, I do reckon one or two of them might surprise us. And, you know, as the season develops, you'll be looking at a player like Tilio and, and saying, wow, you know, what a bargain he's been for one and a half million quid, a guy that we brought in kind of under the radar and he really is contributing. And I, and I do expect one or two of them to to come through in that in that respect. Um, the other ones have been called, I guess, statement signings, marquee signings. I would just you know, bracket them as Brendan Rogers signings. You know, if Brendan Rogers is a guy that fancies them, that identifies them, then uh, I think that, you know, all, everything else will follow. There will probably be a more of a statement signing. So I'm going to bring up some of the um, the comments. Double Denim, straight off the bat on the YouTube channel, you are commenting. If anyone wants to make a comment, get onto that YouTube channel and subscribe to it and you'll be able to get involved in the live chat. Obviously, when myself and... Uh, guys like Peter and all the other contributors are chatting away. Um, the conversation is raging on Peter and a lot of it is missed during the, the one hour broadcast. Um, but yeah, you can come in, you can be part of that Axon community. And Double Denim says, I'd love a statement signing or two, but given we have a strong first team squad when fit, who would we replace in the start 11? Who drops out? Right. It's a good question, that, because um, I think we've all got opinions on it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty strong in three of the positions that I think need to be strengthened. And if we were bringing in a player, you'd want them to be a first pick. And, you know, I'm going to throw out the fourth one because the fourth one is is a striker. So I'll start with the fourth one, Peter. Um, going into this pre-season, I was uh, pretty fixed in my view that we needed a third striker um, because Kyogo has been talismanic for two seasons. When he's injured, obviously, the, the backup is O. Um, who's got quite a good record in terms of minutes played and goals scored. But then beyond that, you know, going into this preseason, I was thinking we were very, very short in that position. Um, you know, we would need to play someone like Maida out of position. Then we see him playing centre forward uh, and he was brilliant. So do we still need a centre forward? What's your view on that? Not really sure. It's no a position that I've thought, you know, when you're looking at the whole squad, that it's, it's necessity. 
to get a, a striker in. I think that would, like you say, if there was three or four options, that would be the fourth, for, uh, in my opinion. It's just because you've got players that are uh, sort of versatile and they can move in in different positions. But it all comes down to the players that we've got in. You know, Telio, Yang, these these type of like um, wingers that they need to hit the ground run, running, or certainly a couple of them do. Um, because if they don't, then you're going to have a squad full of sort of players that are needing to be bedded in. And we need first team regular starting players to, to push people. So hopefully if they start well, then we've got a wee bit of sort of leeway with where we can play people like Maeda and stuff. Um, Maeda is quality. is going to be a big asset going into Europe, I think, uh, with his pace. But you look at majority of the games you're going to play um, at Parkhead or even in the SPL, they're going to be blocked defences. And does that, does that suit Maeda's game? Because he's can he hold it up? He's a runner and he runs in behind and he's yeah. pace um, and he finishes uh, finishes off moves and that's generally what Kyogo does as well. Uh, Owes the sort of different style of player he can he can come on and put himself about hold the ball up, but we still don't know if he's got enough quality yet. So it might be interesting. Uh, well, yet he's always kicking about, isn't he? So um, oh. he can always uh, he he offers something different, but. Um, I don't know. I mean, can you get creative? Do you want to put maybe somebody like Hacks Ivanovic up there? I don't know if he could sort of do that sort of thing. So I think if you could spot someone for decent money, that's not going to cost you too much, no big outlay. They're going to come in as maybe the second, third choice. It's good to have the options. Um, And uh, what I was saying about um, uh, when we were playing the pre-season stuff, uh, I... Uh, when we play Wills, that's when we're going to be looking to see, I think, the players or the team close to sort of full strength uh, mm-hmm. when we go into the uh, when we go into the start of the season. And uh, like I said, with the Japanese um, tour, it was mostly to just get minutes in the legs and stuff. So it will be interesting to see because I think we'll get a good idea of how Brendan Rogers is uh, how Brendan Rogers is looking to shape the squad, and and be interesting to see the. Um, the shape that he plays because I think there's a couple of ways that we could go with this and it all depends on the, the type of players we have to our disposal. Yeah, I think you're right in that we go to Portugal for the, the warm weather camp and while we're there, you know, we play two bounce games, one of which was very secretive indeed uh, behind closed doors, the second of which we were able to see the, the goals on Celtic TV's unique angle. But that those two games, the Portuguese trip, that was all about fitness. That's all it was about. You know, the, the, the results were pretty meaningless. It was just about getting the game time in the legs. And then, like you say, we go to Japan and that was all about the brand. I mean, even Brendan Rogers spoke about that, taking the brand over to Japan. I think there was a, a different kind of feeling about it after Ange left in that it was far more to do with uh, Brendan Rogers trying to uh, assess the squad and uh, get a right good look at a lot of players that he, he really wouldn't have known a great deal about when he came back. Um, so those two games were slightly different than they would have been planned. And then you get Wolves, and then you start looking at Wolves and thinking, well, that that's a proper preseason friendly where, like you say, you might start seeing something developing in terms of the shape and the personnel because we've seen the inverted fullback has been it's been there, it's been present uh, mainly on the left hand side and probably because Awata. Uh, for two reasons. Awata's not an actual right back and he's not played the inverted fullback position. Therefore, I can understand why Brendan didn't you know, ask him to to uh, fulfil that role. Whereas Taylor and Bernabe have done it and you could see that they were playing that position in the two games in Japan. Um, loads of great points coming in, but you mentioned Albin Ayeti, so I'm going to jump to Ayeti before I go to any of the other positions. Um I spoke about it on Monday when I, I took a wander around paradise, Peter. I spoke about a Yeti and the fact that, you know, I, I've read some comments on the socials and, and, you know, praising him because he's going to fight for his place. I don't actually see it like that. I think Albin Ayeti's Celtic career is finished. It's absolutely finished, right? I mean, he's played now under three managers before Brennan Rodgers came in, if you want to count John Kennedy, who took the last dozen games of the season. And, you know, it's just not worked out. He's scored nine goals, two seasons, even when he's gone out on loan. You know, you see a player like even Mikey Johnson goes out, made an impact on loan, Peter, uh, to such a degree that he starts getting uh, full international recognition for Ireland. Uh, yet he did nothing. 
he went out on loan and he did not and he comes back and you know he's he's going to stay that's that's what he his view is he's going to stay he's the type of player that actually could prevent us from bringing in another striker because at the moment when you throw him in the mix then you think you know what well, you know we're probably top heavy at this moment in time you bring in another one and we're probably going to have an extra body so he like Chris Julian before him is preventing us from kind of developing and moving on um, and you take that decision out of his hands he needs to leave the building uh, you know it could be a it could be a, a one um, year loan deal sorry there Peter you dropped out and came right back in that stream yard just playing funny buggers with us um, or it could it could well be a permanent deal but you probably need to tear up his contract and lose money on him what's your thoughts on that yet because I don't see it as a positive him wanting to stay at the club I actually just see it as somebody drawing a wage for a year well, Paul, I came on here. I was depressed last week talking about Celtic, so I'm trying to be positive, but you've brought me right back down, so it's fine. Um, no, <laughs> Sorry, mate. I, I completely agree. No, he has a... You know, there's certain players you just don't want to see anymore. You, they've had enough chances, um, and it started so well. We looked... I remember when he started, and he was he was that sort of poacher-type uh, finisher, and you were like, right, we've got, we've got somebody here, and then it just sort of fell off a cliff, and it's just... It's really hard for players to re- resurrect their careers um, when it doesn't start well at Celtic. So um, I think his time's come and gone. And it's it's Celtic's problem now. Um, they gave him the deal. They paid the mm. money for him when they could have had somebody like Tony um, uh, for Brentford. So um, that that's something that they have to take on the nose. And if it comes to... Because um, I don't think Brendan Rodgers should make it clear that he won't be playing him. So... Either you can buy someone else and take the hit with the money or rip off his contra- contract, take a hit with some money. But at the end of the day, it's cost you money, this this deal. So you just have to accept it. And whether mm-hmm. you keep an unhappy player about the squad, which, which Brendan Rodgers will only want, um, or you get rid of him or get him out on loan to let him know that there's sort of no future here. So that's up to him, whether he wants to stay and not play and maybe train with uh, B team or whatever whatever he wants to do or actually get out and loan and try and do something with his career um, but again that is um, Celtic have to learn from that and have to learn from their mistakes and I think they have to a, a good degree with, with Ange Postacoglu and the players that they've brought in since but um, I, you've always got a wee bit of a bloody nose with these type of transfers and you have to beware um, it, it doesn't happen again but I so I would um he needs to leave for his own good and for the good of Celtic. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, no professional footballer can go for a year being inactive without it affecting them in some way, uh, Peter. And I think it's also, um, you know, it's a cautionary tale for myself included. People who just want, you you want a big name signing. You want you want a statement signing, as we've been calling them, because it doesn't always work out. And I think, I've not actually done it yet, but I mentioned yesterday that if you go back to the original tweet when Celtic announced a Yeti's uh, signature and capture. I'm pretty sure a few people have uh, deleted their responses to that. Everybody was delighted when we signed them. You know, you're signing a £5 million striker from the, the EPL who had been really prolific over in Baal. Um, and he was an absolute flop. I mean, that's just the bottom line of it. He's not going to make an impact at Celtic. He's not going to be one of these guys who's going to be resurrected by Brendan Rodgers. I think there are a few players who will be. He's not one of them. And we need to get him out the building, I'm afraid, and people might think that's being harsh. Yes, I know he's a human being, but you know this, it would be worse for him as a professional to be sitting about kicking his heels for a year 
It could really affect his career. It's hard for them to then get started again. I remember speaking to an ex-pro who said it's like, you know, parking your car on a steep hill and then trying to get it going again. Um, that stop-start nature of it isn't good for the footballer. Um, now, ASM1, am I the only one who doesn't want KT pack back? What's your reasons for it? Um, the reason I wouldn't want him back is just short-termism, Peter. You know, there's no future in bringing him back. You know, you're, you're filling a hole for a season, aren't you? That's all you're doing if you bring Kieran Tierney back. And it would be very expensive as well. It would. I mean, uh, I mean, just pure plain Celtic fan. I would. I mean, if that if that deal was there to happen, I would take it. I mean, I would love to see him back. And I think if I put him in a a back four with potentially a new goalkeeper, Tierney left back, Johnson right back, Carter Vickers and uh, Nerovsky or, or Starfelt, I'm happy with that back four. I think that's a solid back four, especially for Europe. Um, but I get what you're saying. Uh, there's pros and cons to each thing. I don't think it will happen. I think, um, I mean, there was talk in Newcastle coming in from. He's, he's young. He can be potentially bought for 20, 30 million. That's a, that's a great player to have for an English Premier League club. And it doesn't even cost them that much money. So I don't really see how it could work um, financially without coming back or just sort of take the technicalities of him actually being able to come back. Um, when there's other clubs lurking about, but um, I it's a hard one. I, I, I mean, I would like a new left back, but I think we need a, an improvement in that. I mean, a solid first teamer. Like um, you, you look at Taylor and Burnley. To me, they should be. And listen, whatever I say, it's, I'm not having a go at uh, how they've played and stuff. It's just that when I look at Taylor, I, I, I think he's been brilliant for us, absolutely brilliant. But if you're asking me to be brutal, brutally honest, in Europe. I think we need an improvement. So I would be happy for him to be a second or a backup choice for to fight it out with uh, another another left back. Um I look at the right hand side, um sort of Ralston sort of fifty fifty for me. But when I look at Johnston, he is for me a, a quality quality right back. So we've not got that much problem in that area. But I think we need a a solid, strong, quality left back. If that's Kieran Tierney or if it's someone else that we can find from, you know, a different market and get a good deal on, then I'd be happy to see that. But um, on your left back, left back is one of the positions I've got on my list as well. Uh, for that very reason, Peter, and uh, you know, I'm loath to write off players like Burnaby, for example. He's not on that list that I made of of uh, players that I think should be moved on this preseason. Uh, I'm not quite ready to throw the towel in on, on guys like Burnaby or, or Kobayashi, even though I don't think we've seen enough from their appearances so far to suggest that they are going to be first picks. Uh, the, other, the other positions, just to, to run through these as well, see if you agree or disagree, Peter, that I've got. I do think we need a left winger. Um, now, that's not necessarily to replace Dyson Maeda. I think Maeda's been superb. I was delighted when he signed his new contract. He's shown us another um, kind of angle to his game. Uh, you know, playing through the middle, he was brilliant uh, over in Japan. And, you know, you would be really confident that he's going to give you something different if, if you needed to put him in there. But I do think we're short on the left wing. Um, and, you know, the players that we've got there, Mikey Johnson, I would actually move him on. Um, Haksabanovic really un un unconvinced at the moment on Haksabanovic and James A. Forrest who I thought played really well against Gambo Osaka in the first half but his game time's going to be you know it's not going to be few and far between but he's not going to be a first pick at this stage of his career with the lack of football he's played in the last couple of seasons so a left winger I think is a position that we could strengthen in as well um, we have got uh, two right wingers who were, were brought in who can play on the left and maybe that will prevent us again because it will, it will appear that we're already covered there Peter but it just seems that you know um, a batter who will come back to seems to be firing on all cylinders and I hope that continues Maeda yeah I, I still rate Maeda highly but he drops out and the drop in quality is pretty vast for me for his replacement yeah I think we and it, again, it's hard to tell because you've not seen a lot of the players we've brought in. But we do need that type of jota replacement. This we need a, a tricky guy, a tricky winger because Maeda isn't that. He's, he's he's speed and he works hard. Um, and I've got a feeling that Rogers might be looking to play him more more through the middle. I think he's his sort of maybe striker 
as well mm-hmm. as Kyogo, I think he will. I don't think he'll drop Kyogo for him, but um, uh, I think he'll be looking to maybe use the two of them up front and Maeda at certain points. But it would be good if somebody needed to come off, Maeda could move into the middle and then bring a, a quality sort of left winger on. Because I feel like people like Abada, people like Maeda, they're not that tricky, They've got, but they're so direct and, and they've got a lot of speed. And that's a great asset, especially in Europe. I mean, if we can break away Kyogo, Maeda, uh, Abada with that speed. But against teams in, in Scotland, you need a wee bit of trickery. You need to be able to beat a couple of guys and the way Jota done. And uh, if we can maybe find someone like that, because um, you don't want these other boys having to come in and, you know, the, the pressure that's going to be on them to, to perform. And we don't know if they can yet. We don't know if they can handle that pressure. So this is where you're talking about a statement signing. I don't know what, what a statement signing is, but Rogers has worked with plenty of... Um, plenty of high quality players in England and I'm sure he's aware of a lot of people that are, you know, maybe want their careers resurrected. I I'm not averse to I know I know I, I think we can mix I do think we've got a chance to sort of mix it up a wee bit. When we're talking about making strides in Europe, that might be one or two players with that sort of loan to buy option. Or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like him um, the, the the real high quality players that have just maybe took a dip in their career and you can re- resurrect it. It's worked before, and it can work again. And, um, oh, just look at Jota and Carter Vickers. So if Definitely. we were against that, we would have been against them. So we can we can get two or three players like that that are really going to um, heighten the, the standard in the squad. Um, so I, I do agree. I think if you're... I don't know if it, it's the same sort of list as you. I think the positions that I would be thinking of, it's just because you get a wee bit excited when you hear some rumours about goalkeepers and stuff. And again, Joe Hart can, can do a job, but what I'd be looking for is a like a younger a younger goalie that's going to last us for a th- three four years and then we can possibly sell on because inevitably Hart is going to leave. He's thirty six, mm-hmm. going on to thirty seven. You're like you can't just keep keep these these players uh, forever and indefinitely. So you need to look to improve that position, and I I think it should be this year. Um, when we've got a great position of strength and we've got money in the bank, that this is the time to strike. So. Goalkeeper, left back, left winger, and I think a dynamic, big, strong power. But again, we don't know what one of the the South Korean boys will look like because he does look big. But again, add add more physicality into the team with a big, solid midfielder. I think you've seen what Rangers are going to do. They're going to come at, come at us with power and height. So we have to, and even in Europe, you, you've got big, strong, athletic players. So mm-hmm. you have to add that to the team. It's just something that has to be done because football, in football in terms, Rangers will not beat Celtic when it comes to football. So all the only sort of thing that they've got to come at is is power and height. So if we add that to our team, then we should be unbeatable. Yeah, and Alan Morrison spoke about it in uh, the, the European sense in that you know the teams we're coming up against in, in midfield, Peter, are far more physical than us, far more athletic than us. And um, you look at the talent we've got in our midfield, and I think they are all very talented, but that wee element of the game can obviously uh, push us on. And I, and I take what you're saying there about who will be our biggest challengers next season. There's no real doubt about that. But it is, it's all about physicality for them. Um, you know, and I remember... The flip of that was when Martin O'Neill came in and we, we, you know, took that. And we weren't just, you know, bringing in big guys because of their stature, because the players we signed were, were phenomenal footballers, John Hartson and Valhar and, and, and Baldi and, and uh, Chris Sutton, etc. But I can see where you're going with that and I don't disagree with you at all. So a bit of physicality, but goalkeeper is the other position uh, that I would mention, mainly because of the fact that, not only have we lost two goalies uh, permanently from the squad, Hazard and Barkas, and you know, absolutely not going to cry into my cornflakes about any of the two goalies. Um, Toby Oboleyemi is he's away, so he's going to be uh, one of the players that's part of our Austrian um, partnership. So Admira Wacker, he's away there on loan. And then it leaves us with just the three keepers and Seagrass, Bain and, and Hart. I just look at that and think Hart gets injured. I'm not going into a big game confident. And that, that's my big issue. And then if you're going to go into the transfer market to buy a goalie, don't buy a third choice, don't buy a second choice, buy somebody who's going to be challenging heart. Um, Kev McCluskey wrote a brilliant blog. Um, it's on the, it's on axom.net. Go and have a look at it. And he's done a bit of scouting himself. He does a bit of scouting. 
um, for various blogs, etc., over in Hungary. Um, and he, he's gone in and he's identified three goalies, um, having set up a few criteria. And, you know, three three uh, goalkeepers who he reckons could be um, good shouts for Celtic within our, our bracket as well. So have a read of that. Uh, that is the other area that I think we need to strengthen. Before we go into anything else, and I'm going to bring up as many comments as possible, who's all going to the Aviva? Let us know if you're going to be going. Um, it will be a, a great game. It will be great to see Celtic over in Ireland again. Jungle line, no more projects. Get the first starters in next. I think we will. I think the only reason that um, it's not happened yet is because of the managerial change and Rodgers wants to assess the squad. The four that were already there, you know, they weren't really identified by Rodgers, but he's obviously rubber-stamped them. And I think yesterday is, is the turning point for us to to bring in these starters that Jungle Lion referred to. Uh, but one thing I found really interesting was yesterday the um, signatures of two ex-players, Jack Hendry and Moussa Dembele, who have also gone over to, to Saudi, Peter. It's something we've spoken a fair bit about. Um, and what was quite interesting for me was the, the transfer fee for Jack Hendry, 6.9 million euros. Since leaving Celtic, he has been involved in transfers totaling 10.3 million quid. And that's a guy that couldn't get a kick of the ball at Celtic. Um, the Scottish centre-half, he's he's you know, always in and around the, the Stevie Clark's international squad. And as I say, he's joined uh, that guy, Stevie Gerrard and Moussa Dembele, uh, Al Etifak. Um, at the moment, you know, money is no object, Peter. They're throwing it, um, you know, at, at a lot of imports. You know, this is one of the things that to establish a game, often uh, these nations will do that. They'll throw money at it. And I'll go back to the NASL, who, you know, many... Celtic players ended up going and dipping their toe in there. Uh, Harry Hood, Bobby Lennox, um, who else went? Jimmy Johnson went over there. Andy Lynch went over. But they were buying players, they were buying in players like Pelly and uh, Gerd Muller, you know, Franz Beckenbauer and George Best and Johan Cruyff. And obviously it's all about the glitz and the glam and it's all about trying to get, you know, broadcasting rights and, and you know, buying into a sport that they're not renowned for Peter. How long will it last, though? Is the passion there from the people that are signing the checks, right? Is the passion for football there for this to be a long-term kind of situation? Are they here to stay? Is it a flash in the pan? I don't have a clue. I mean, I think it's really a big... It's a political sort of move, and I'm not really that big on politics. So, But I think it's a it's a sort of attempt at sports. It's a way to get sort of... Sports washing in a way, it's like getting players over to so oh look, our country isn't so bad, people are coming to play here, but it's also to get sort of a political a bit of a political power, I think. I'm mm-hmm. I'm no too I'm no too up on it, but however long it takes them to do that, then they'll keep throwing money at it. And again, it's those if they're gonna run out of money anytime soon, so they can go indefinitely. And um but I, it's it's the weirdest summer. Um uh, to see this happening, you, you thought maybe one or two, and then because again, like you say, some of the the American leagues and and Canadian leagues and stuff, they used to sort of buy players at the the tail end of their their career, um. But now it's you're getting you're starting to get people in their prime or close to their prime. Talk of variety going, uh, two hundred and seventy million pound bid for Mbappe, fifty million a a year, I think, or it was thirty million a week. I'm not sure, um. It was just unbelievable numbers. You, you read the breakdowns of like, uh, it's 19 euros a second, I think he was making. A bit like Addy on this show. Yeah, and exactly. Then, um, don't don't give away the trade oh, secrets, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't make it. But um, I know it's it's just crazy, crazy money. It's, it's going to, it's close to, it will ruin football. But again, this is, we don't have any power to stop it. It's up to governments to stop it or, you know, like bigger, bigger leagues to step in. To, to try and come up with a sort of situation where this doesn't happen, so we we sort of just have to sit back and watch almost. But I don't think anybody will be watching the league. You're just interested in who's going to the league, but I don't think I'll be interested in actually watching it. But it's um, I, it's, it's scary numbers, and whether it comes to an end, whether it's a two, three, four year thing, and then everybody sort of moves back, um, then we'll never know. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family 
cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChompaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I remember speaking to Andy Lynch, who went over there, uh, over to uh, the NASL, that was. And he said the reason it didn't really work that time, because that was, I think that was like the second run, they tried it the second time and eventually they got it right. He says the reason it didn't work during his time is there was no investment really or not enough investment in the kind of youth development of their own players. So you would go to a team and you would have your three or four big star players. Bobby Moore went over there as well, I think. Um, but then the actual level and the standards of the homegrown players was miles away, just miles away. And they weren't focusing on the academy and the development of players at that time. And as I say now, it's, it's completely different. But, you know, the reason I use it is to kind of link into some of the other players that um, there was probably a point last season if you'd said to me that Jota was going to leave, I'd been devastated, Pierre, absolutely devastated. But then you try and look at it from a, as balanced a, a, a viewpoint as possible. And you look at how good that money is going to be for Celtic. By the way, you know this is before you, you look at the whether or not we should be dealing uh, with, with the Saudis and, and um, contributing to the sports washing that you refer to. We won't get into that today. But the, the deal itself with Jota was such a good deal for Celtic financially that we couldn't say no. And, I, you know, there's... I, I don't think any of us would would have said no to selling Jota for 25 million quid, potentially more than that with, with add-ons, etc. So it's happened. What I don't want to happen, though, Peter, is for it to happen again this pre-season. Um, and we did a, a podcast just the other week there where I was talking about some of the players who, you know, isn't it time we got them on the, the long-term deals? Because we'd already done the deals with Kyogo, Maeda and McGregor. And the three players I mentioned were Carter Vickers, Hattati and O'Reilly because they are going to get interest. Abada is going to get interest. These are four players I'm a bit fearful for, actually, uh, in terms of if the, the carrot is big enough, Celtic will take it. And they're the four players I'm a bit concerned about. Isn't it time we try to get them in long, longer term improved deals? I Well, I think when, when you look back at the players that we've had in the past and you, and you say if we had kept their players, because obviously a lot of our players had left sporadically, and, and you're like, if if they had stayed and became, you know, one unit, 11 players, for example, Tierney, Van Dyke, and all that sort of thing, you're like, we could have made great strides in Europe. We could have been a, a team that got to a Europa League final or, you know, last 16, last eight of the Champions League, potentially, if you kept their players. So that's what Celtic has been, um, <clears throat> the problem with Celtic has been in the past. Obviously, we're a selling club. We have to look at, at, at taking, but when, when you're in this position, when we're, we're not in debt, we've got profit in the bank, then you should maybe look to double down in the players you've got and actually create a strong team that's going to last for three, four seasons yeah. and then to break up after that. So I, um, while you've got players in the building that are doing the job for you, are winning trebles, why risk losing them and then having to replace them with unknown quantities? So Carter Vickers, to me, I one of the best centre-backs I've seen in a long time for Celtic. Um, you, actually, you, you're calm when he's on the ball and you're calm when the ball's coming into the box. You fancy him to clear it, get his head on it, block it. Um, Hatati, he's just going to go... His levels are just going to go up and up and up. Um, he's clearly, like, on his day, clearly the best midfielder in the in the country, I think. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, wait... O'Reilly and he, he again O'Reilly the agium the physique the, the the level that he could possibly reach you're not taking a risk by by signing these guys on for a, for a, a few more years you can always sell them um, again we, we know that contracts don't mean too much if the money's right 
So, um, so invest in these players, invest in this team, uh, sign them up and see. Um, and, and again, when you've got a good winning team on the pitch, the fans come out in force and follow you. So um, it's there's no sort of risk to Celtic by signing them up. So I, I think we should be looking at doing, doing that. People that have proven it in the mm-hmm. past and will prove it uh, going forward. It's an interesting one to look at, though. Uh, like you say, they're that group of players, you know, if you, if you are able to, we know that you're not, then you look at a team that would be strong enough to, to make that progression, you know, Forster, Van Dijk, Tierney. It's incredible over the piece, Dembele, Edward, Kyogo, who'd get a game up top? I'm not sure. It depends what formation you play, I guess. Um, we have apparently uh, got a partnership now with Admira Wacker. We mentioned it earlier because Toby Obolayemi was one of the first players who has gone over there for a season-long loan um, alongside Matthew Anderson. There's a suggestion that another two will be joining them, perhaps Ben McPherson, who we've seen performing over in Japan. Um, and also Joey Dawson. Remember, Joey Dawson um, came in as a young guy from Scunthorpe. He made his first team debut against St. Johnston on Boxing Day a couple of seasons ago. And um, yeah, he has been scoring for fun, really, in, in the B team. But... You know, there's a certain group of players who going back to playing the B team next season is not going to help the development. So if we've got this partnership with um, a club who, albeit they're playing in the second tier of their own uh, country's league, it's going to be a better, you would think, uh, a better standard than the fifth tier of Scottish football. Um, And I I, I like the tie-in. I think it's good for young players. Um, And if we can get four to half a dozen guys out there playing regular football week in, week out, then it's going to be brilliant for them. How many of them will come back and become Celtic players? I don't know. How many uh, will it be worth the whole partnership for that to happen? You would hope one a season coming back to Celtic. Um, You know, but... You know that that's there to be seen, and I think the last time we tried this, there might have been other partnerships in other areas of the world, but we certainly did have a partnership uh, back in the early two thousands or the kind of twenty tens with Ujpest Dosha, and uh, Willie McStay went over there to manage them. He had obviously been part of that incredible Celtic reserve team that had won something like thirty seven leagues in a row or something. Peter, you know, just kept winning the league, and Willie McStay went over there and he took a player. Over, I'm going to say it was a guy called Mark Miller. Somebody might want to correct me in the comments. But they were going to try and do that. They were going to try and nurture the talent over there with first-team football and bring the crop back, the best of the crop. And if you could identify a player who actually came through the other team's ranks, we would have first refusal on them. So I can see it working really, really well. And I think that you know the young players would... Um, you know, far more welcome a trip elsewhere to try and get the development than playing in the fifth tier pier. Aye, I mean, look at um, people like Dembele and Okoflex and stuff like that. Mm. There was sort of progression to the first team, but it just seemed they were getting thrown in at a time where it was like sort of, there was either the league was done or it was desperation point, desperation stuff or, or whatever. So like, I think to, to be a, a big club, a, a club that's run well, you buy well and you and you, you loan well, and because you you want to you want to start bringing these players through, it, was, it just stops you buying, going out and buying. Uh, you know, a new left back or a new um, midfielder, a new forward when you've got them in the building, and yeah. uh, it's no cost you anything. So and that and listen, as Celtic fans, we don't I don't care what money gets spent for a player. If if a if a five million pound striker comes in and flops, I would rather the the young guy goes in. If a young guy comes in and plays well. Then I prefer that. It's, I've no got a, you know, like a, an issue with with youngsters coming through. You just want to see them doing well and playing. Um, so if they're not getting that game time in the in the B team, then it'd be good to have uh, one or two clubs that we could farm them out to mm-hmm. get get time in the legs, experience, bulk bulk them up a bit, get them used to professional high higher standard football, and uh, hopefully when they come back, then the jump won't be too big. So I I think that's something we need really need to look. I think we should have been doing that for for years, but that should be something that we're um, that we're really pursuing going forward. It kind of bridges the gap, doesn't it, between the B team, um, which in effect is a kind of youth setup, 
and the first team. Uh, they're not going to be ready. They won't be able to jump from fifth tier to, to first team at Celtic. You need to bridge the gap. And if we can do that with this kind of partnership, and as you say, maybe a couple of partnerships like this, I'm all for it because I do. I would I would much rather see our players progressing um, on a regular basis as well. Cameron Donaldson comes in. What's our thoughts on Rocco Vata potentially going out on loan to Aberdeen? personally think that's a really good move for the boy if he gets the minutes. Well, I was reading about this actually today on the socials, Peter. Um, he's a guy who I probably expected along with maybe the aforementioned Ben McPherson and a few others to be in and around the first team squad. Um, if he gets a loan move to Aberdeen, then I think it would be a great one for him. We're going to have to keep an eye on this homegrown quota. We are going to have to do that, you know, because um, putting players out, means they can't sit on our bench for the Champions League squad. But Rocco Vata, he's at that point where he started coming into the team, you know, the first team. He made his debut, I think it was at Easter Road. He's played a few games now. Um, how many games is he going to play this season? If it's not going to be 20 or 30, he'd be better to go out on loan. Um, and I've, I've said it before, Peter, I, I like the idea of putting players out to a, you know, a fellow league club so that they're playing the same level that they're going to be playing when they come back to you, and they might damage the opposition. I think it would be a good move for them. 100%. I agree. I think Aberdeen, third in the league, um, play good football under uh, Barry Robson. It'll toughen them up going up there. I mean, he's a big guy anyway, but um, just to get the, just to play the games, the hard games, um, that you're not really going to get. At Celtic, at his level, he's probably going to come on the last couple of minutes of a game, five minutes and stuff, that's just no, no good for a, a, a young guy so I get out, get out there and uh, Aberdeen will be a, a brilliant club and like you say we've got plenty of a huge squad so loan some players out and they can they can do damage to, to your rivals and obviously can't play against you so I, I don't see the, the, the even thought process of not doing it but um, I so I think uh, him. Try to think who else. Um, I think a few. We should be looking to get a few other boys out on loan as well because we've got mm -hmm. such a big squad. But uh, it's good to do it in Scotland because that is the level that they're going to play. That it's the players they're going to come up against week to week. So it shouldn't be a like a surprise for them if and when they come back back to Celtic. Um, so I, I think it'd be a, good, a really good move. It's, it just tells you where Rogers is thinking as maybe because you would think that he may be a guy that would try and uh, bed uh, a guy like Vata in, maybe here and there, but possibly he's, he's looking he's looking to bring more quality in on that side and it might put somebody like Vata down down the pecking order. So I think um, in that, if that is the case, then it'd be better getting out. Yeah, and the fact we've brought in another couple of right-wingers uh, probably doesn't help them, which is quite a sad state of affairs. Uh, any football club, when you're producing your own players, that you know you bring someone in and, and it kind of blocks that pathway. But, Drew, uh, I actually get your point here. Idiguchi and Kobayashi on Monty Hibs or Aberdeen would be good. I get your point because I think there's been a... Um, you know, they've not been able to transition into the Scottish game yet, these two players. And I know Idiguchi's already out on loan uh, back to his homeland, it was almost like you're thrown in the towel, I felt, when, when you loaned him back to a Japanese club, Peter, because right, it's no worth it in Scotland, go back to Japan. Um, and it will be disappointing for Idiguchi because he's tried his, his luck in Europe a few times now, obviously. He had a move earlier in his career uh, to Spain, he, he moved to Leeds um, and now the, the transfer to Celtic hasn't worked out. But yeah, Kobayashi, I, I totally get it, but I actually think we're going to keep Kobayashi as part of the squad and Stephen Welsh will be that player that, that moves on. Boss and Lavell would um, really benefit from a loan move. If you can't get rid of a Yeti um, on a permanent, then you know who's going to take a Yeti? Ross County might want him. Um, James McCarthy. The, the, these are players that can't stay in the building, Peter. You've got to move them on. You know he played the equivalent of five games of football in the two seasons that he's played with Celtic. It's just you know it, you cannot sustain that as a football club. Um, another thing I want to talk about and uh, bring your comments in. I'm really keen to get your comments involved here. Here we go. Um, Alan Moods get Vata, Lowell and Summers out on loan to play minimum 30 games at a decent level that's what we're talking about Alan get the game time in there and they will learn and develop a hell of a lot more than just training and playing a few games here and there um, Scottish away days look as though they're going to look a wee bit different Peter um, the, the first club really to cut allocation was Rangers of course and um, 
Hearts have announced that they're doing it. There's talk Aberdeen are going to do it. They're justifying it by saying that, um, you know, they've got season ticket, um, record season ticket sales, and they've got waiting lists, and they want to maximise the amount of season tickets to their own fans, so they're minimising the, the away allocation. Um, what do you think it's doing to the game, though? What do you think it's doing to the, the away day? You know, I, I said it before, and, and some of the responses came through saying, they don't care, and, and why should they? They should just look after themselves. But for the betterment of the game, it, there's going to come a time, Peter, when Hearts will, would be begging us to buy tickets from them, as will Aberdeen. That time will come back round in the fullness <laughs> of time. Um, and at that point, Celtic may say, oh, well, you know, we don't want any more tickets from you. I don't know. What do you think it's doing? Because people love their away days, don't they? I know, I don't I don't like the way it's going. Um, just sort of blocking people xenophobia blocking the opposition fans out and uh and just sort of sticking to your own fans just in in to spite your own club as well like again like i think like you said um it's short-term thinking and we want i think we want to make this league we really need to make this league better and what would make it better is having full stands and uh full opposition fans to to give that banter and and to have uh you know make the, the stadium a wee bit livelier because when it's just sort of the home set of fans and it's not going their way it's just sort of dead stadium so I, I think you need that that's the whole point of football to have opposition fans and do you know what I mean to to get it up them sort of thing when uh, when when you're winning so that's the I think when you're when you're talking about in a couple of years I think that probably will happen uh, they'll probably come back realise that they've the, the, the thinking's been too short term, they're losing money and they'll be begging us to, to take their, now a couple of stands again to for that two, uh, maybe two or four times during the season with the both both sets of Rangers and Celtic fans. So I um, it's very short term thinking like, like it usually is in Scotland uh, and it'll be interesting in a couple of years to see how that how that goes. But I think no. they should be... I, I I don't know why all, all these clubs are getting on this bandwagon of want to want to cut uh, support for the oppos- uh, opposition and it's just a weird one to me. I don't really I can't really explain it. I, I mean, what they'll have is obviously the figures of um, the away allocation and sales for however many years have kept the data, Peter, and they'll they'll know that there are certain clubs who will never sell out their allocation. So I totally get it. You know, you would then cut that back. But the demand for for these tickets is huge. You know, the demand for tickets for Celtic games at Tynecastle, uh, Ibrox, at Pataudry, it's massive. And, uh, and, and at Rugby Park, you know, but, you know, this is a stance that they're taking. And it is very much like um, everybody, every man for themselves at the moment, Peter. If that's the case, then, as you say, when it comes to uh, fruition and Celtic are in control of the situation, then I'm pretty sure that uh, we'll think back to these moments and think, well, that was not in the best interest of Celtic fans. Therefore, we're going to be treating you, um, in, in, you well, know, with the same kind of level of contempt. I would hope that. If, if and when it does come in that Celtic don't act like that and actually act like the bigger bigger club and bigger person. and But when it comes to that situation that Celtic can get guarantees in place that it won't come round again, so they can guarantee that you know these clubs can then start slashing allocations again. It's like, give us this amount of fans each time or nothing sort of thing because we'll be in that position of strength at that time. But um, I... It would, I suppose, the way I would think as well. Like you would want Celtic to just say, do you know, do you know what? You've made your bed. You have to lie in it. But at the same time, on the other, and on the other hand, you sort of want them to be the bigger person and go, that's fine. We'll we'll accept it this time. But when it comes round, when you when you your hands out are begging us to come back, then um, we want guarantees that it won't happen again. Because mm-hmm. how often do you actually? You know, clinch the title at your own patch on your own patch. It doesn't happen all that often. I remember the the first nine in a row. I think something like seven or eight of them were 
at away grounds and you want the, the ground to be packed with Celtic fans as well and it's not going to happen. People might think that's me being selfish. Uh, Robert Wallace, out of the five players signed, who are starters? That's what we're talking about today. I actually think that uh, Norovsky Nor- Nor- is a starter. Um, I think that the, the the battle is between him and Starfelt to partner Cam- Cameron Carter-Vickers and we need that. Um, centre half hasn't been a problematic position for Celtic over the last few years. We have indeed had the best defensive record domestically, Peter, so I'm not going to say that. But what I have felt is that the backups haven't been there. So what we've had initially is Chris Julian was still in the building. Um, Stephen Welsh was there. We brought in Maritz Jens, you know, um, Kobayashi comes in and you think, well, he's going to be the guy to fill that gap. He's going to be the, the, the future to um, push for a jersey. And none of that's kind of worked out. Um, none of it's worked out. So we've gone back out and we've spent fairly big for Celtic, 4.3 million quid on a player. Uh, I, I spoke about this as well the other day from uh, Lizia Warsaw, Arthur Boric, Jack Anoski, uh, Darius Dovjek and uh, Josip Juranovic. All of the previous four players were signed from that club. Who was your favourite, Peter, and why? Oh, oh, Boric, without a doubt. I think... Um... I heard somebody saying that the other day. I mean, he's an icon. I mean, it's just the, the antics that he gets up to, the, the saves he pulled. I mean, I remember, I think I, I think I went down to the Fulham ground, um, Craven Cottage, when I was, I can't remember where it was, when Gordon Strachan had just come in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Boric had just signed, if I'm not mistaken. Because I think it was Strachan that signed Boric, wasn't it? It was, I. Yep. And I'm sure that was his first pre-season game in the... And I, I just like to look him straight. You know, there's certain players that you just like the look of straight away. And uh, I, when you see him, he, he, he just started making saves that you just hadn't seen certain keepers making before. And you're like, hold on, this is sort of a different level. And uh, it was, I heard I heard the story you were saying about Strachan saying this, he could be world class. And it really, I mean, it was, it was world class at points. He made world class saves. Um I and I, I loved him. I felt so comfortable with him and goals. He didn't make very many mistakes. He was commanding, made unbelievable saves. Uh, so I think uh, he's the clear standout for me. It could have been possibly Juranovic if he stayed. Mm-hmm. But again, you have to put your time in with Celtic. You can't just come for a year and then leave for 18 months and leave and be considered a legend. You have to actually put a bit of time in and, and uh, win some major trophies. Absolutely. I remember the, the signing of the two Polish internationalists, uh, Jackie and Dufjek. I remember it well. It was quite exciting back then, Peter, because, you know, signing continental players wasn't the done thing. We didn't do that often. Um, I think prior to those two players, there was a, a player called uh, Johannes Edvaldsson, who had played for Celtic. And then previous to that, there was actually a goalkeeper called Bent Martin, who came in. Uh, I think he only played one game. We'd played his side in Europe and then we signed them. Uh, but there weren't many players from outside, um, you know, our country uh, that, that played. And I think that when you uh, look at those two polls coming in, and I think back to the 80s, you think back fondly on Jackie, and it's like what you're saying there, you, you know, you ask yourself, why? Because he didn't actually contribute a huge amount, but he just had this playboy iconic, cult iconic status, right? Um, and I remember, you know, when, when he came in, he was 650 grand. It was on the back of, you know, who signing for Rangers when he promised to sign for us. This was like the replacement striker for him. Um, and he was a player who had played at the 1986 World Cup. You'll remember England played Poland in the World Cup. And he was the guy everybody was talking about going into this World Cup. Um, he would have been 23, I think, at the time. And they ran, they were they were particularly keen on him in Italy. They ran a, in the Gazzetta del Sport, they, they ran a, a, a team of the, you know, the world team, uh, a world 11. And the shortlist for the number 10 included players like Maradona, Michel Platini, and Darius Jakunowski. He was in there. He was so highly rated. Inter Milan wanted to buy him. Um, after the World Cup, Atletico Madrid wanted to buy him. But I think he was fond of a night out. I think he liked a night out and all of that. And he never really achieved what he should have done. You know, his potential was massive. When we got him, you got glimpses of it. That's what you got, glimpses. I remember a pre-season game, Dynamo Moscow at Celtic Park. He scored a goal that was sensational. And you're asking yourself, what can this guy achieve for us? It looked really, really good. By the end of the season, however, um, we were rotten. 
They were absolutely rotten. Um, he had scored against Rangers. If you watch the goal back, it was a one-each game. The ball hits the post, hits his shin and goes in, but it's still a goal in a, in a derby game. And then, of course, there was a partisan Belgrade night where he scored four goals in the 5-4 game. Um, but, you know, he won nothing for Celtic. He ended up going to Bristol City after he left us. Um, and, you know, for, for a player who was wanted by Inter Milan to end up playing that level of football, it's a shame. And I think our new signing is going to do a lot better than Jackie. But for some reason, Peter, these broken, fragile footballers who don't try as hard seem to get a lot of love from football fans. Why do you think that is? Because you can see that they are better than half the players. It's just they just don't have that, you know, the mental fortitude, the the application of their game. It's like you can see that they can be the best. They can be better than everybody else, but they just don't. They just and I think people are just always attracted to that we you know, that we play with a flick of the switch that, that can lose it. I mean look at Zidane. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like head headbutts and stuff, and uh, I I think I mean I might be mistaken. I'm sure there's some outliers, but it seems to be the best players, the the most maverick players, have just got that something that red mist in them, and that's where they talk about the the flawed genius and stuff. So mm. I uh, a bit of Paddy McCourt in there, a wee bit of flawed genius, uh, but um, but I know it's uh, I don't know why people take to them. I think like you said, I think you said the other day, it's because they. They drink and they smoke and they, they do things that athletes probably shouldn't do, that we all do or we have done. And uh, I think that you just sort of connect with them in that in that sense. Yeah, they're a bit broken. They're a wee bit more human than the, uh, particularly in the modern game. Uh, and, and, you know, the icon, the cult icon's probably dying out due to the fact that uh, footballers are completely different these days, aren't they? They're differently built. Plunge McNugget, if somebody offers me 25k a week to do nothing, I'm taking it. I think, you know, we've got a couple of guys, I don't know their wages exactly, but McCarthy's one of them, not contributing. Ayeti's another one, big signing, big name signing. I think Ayeti's on 16, 17 grand, something like that. So, yeah, I get it. I, I do get it. But what they probably should, and in particular Ayeti at his stage of his career, Peter, is you've got to play football. You've got to keep playing football. McCarthy, he's got three years left on his deal. He's not playing football. He can sit and collect his wages. And there's been some examples of that over the years. Um, that is I just crazy. That's not crazy with that deal, that, yeah. that he's still on such a long deal. Yeah, I know. And when you look at the minutes, it was all there, right? So in the five years, and I have mentioned this before, in the five years before he signed for Celtic. He had played for Crystal Palace and Everton. And in those five years, if you look at the minutes played, he averaged nine games a season for five seasons. It comes to Celtic, he's now averaged five games a season for two seasons mm-hmm. based on minutes played. So the equivalent of five full 90-minute games. So it's just it's bizarre, uh, but it's something that Brendan Rodgers has inherited and I hope that he's able to deal with it. It's nothing personal. I know that it was his dream to play for Celtic, but go and play somewhere else. Uh, Lila Bada, I want to talk a wee bit about him because when we were coming into this pre-season, kind of fearfully losing maybe a couple of our star players, Peter, he was one that I fully expected to lose. You know, there had been chat about his ambition to to play elsewhere. Clubs were interested. And I know it's only pre-season in inverted commas, but he's looked very, very good. There's a directness about him. Um, And I think that under Brennan Rodgers, he could absolutely fly this season. And I hope that we do keep him. Do you think this is going to be almost the breakout season for Abada? Well, I mean... If you're looking at people that are going to leave, you, you probably fancy that bad to leave probably the first at the door because there was so much talk about him, and uh, especially before somebody like Jota. Um, I definitely, if I close my eyes and think who would have who would have seen this season, it would have been Jota instead of Abada because you just thought he was gone. But we have lost uh, Jota, and you look at Abada and the way he's played in that, and, and he's very, he's a bit sort of like streaky like sometimes he can start a game and he just is just terrible but there's other games that he's like the best the best player on the pitch and he's so direct and he makes so many things happen and uh, you just think if you could do that you know 70 80 minutes a game then you're un- unplayable so I'm really looking forward to seeing and I'm excited that um that, that there's been talk of Rogers having a having a word in his ear and that he's going to stay and I think it could be it could be the time where he goes right it's on me um, I'm a starter in this in this team, and uh, it could it could sort of be a breakout season, like you said. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can offer, um, and he's going to be playing at a really 
good high level and probably getting a lot more minutes than he's than he's used to. So I hope that he's, he's ready for it and he can uh, grab the chance with both hands. Yeah, I hope so. I, I think he could be uh, my um, tip last season. This time last season, my tip was Hatate. I'd seen enough uh, since he had joined in the January to see he was going to have a big season. And my tip this season is a badder. So do not announce that he's signed for somebody else in the next seven days, please. Uh, Kenny, 67, Big Jackie had amazing ability, says Kenny, watching his skill closely from doing the front of the jungle. Was mesmerising at times, but a waste of talent. Yeah, he was. And he did come back to Celtic to play one of the charity games. I think it was Lubo's Legends versus Henrik's Heroes, maybe. And he made an appearance. He was looking well. Uh, but we are fond of these these iconic cult players. Um, thanks, everybody, for getting involved. It's been brilliant to catch up with Peter there. Um, we are going to be live. We'll do a normal bulletin tomorrow at 12.30, but we're going to be live tomorrow in Glasgow with Roy Aiken, who, of course, played alongside Jerry, uh, Jerry, uh, Jackie Jackanoski. I might ask Roy Aiken about Jackanoski, actually, just to see where did it all go wrong, and he'll be able to tell me. Um, so Roy Aiken will be joining us tomorrow night. Last I checked, we had nine tickets available. Single figures. It's a, going to be a sellout. It's, it's effectively a, sell, a sellout as it is. But the last few tickets are still available on the link under this video. If you want to come along and see us, then please feel free to do that. It'll be an absolute pleasure. We'll be raising a few quid for charity tomorrow night as well. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you once again, Peter Magaki, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.